Hello there. My name is Alex Sloan. I'm the news editor for the Ocali, and you're listening to The Broadsheet. This week on the show, we'll get an update on the Stillwater bar scene. Then we'll hear about the latest developments with the student organization, OK State Stand United. But first, a special report. Governor Kevin Stitt visited OSU's campus this week for a press conference and COVID-19 update at the McKnight Center. Stitt was joined by several state officials, all of whom entered the venue wearing face coverings, as is university policy. However, only State Superintendent Joy Hoffmeister left her face covering on for the entirety of the event. The other speakers, including Governor Stitt, removed their masks when they approached the microphone to speak. The governor confirmed during the press conference that the event was called to address Payne County's recent reclassification as an orange or moderate risk area for COVID-19 transmission. Governor Stitt spoke repeatedly to the positive effects of wearing masks in public, but again asserted that a statewide mask mandate is just not on the table. Well, uh, you know, I've been very clear that a, a mask mandate is something that I believe we should leave to the local communities. And uh, we've had, I think, 19 or 20 municipalities, maybe it's more than that, I don't remember if anybody knows the exact number, uh, have done that, but I believe that's a local control. And I'm not going to mandate something uh, statewide, uh, where every community is different. The two big themes of the governor's message on Tuesday were personal responsibility and local control. And we're doing this is about choices this is about personal responsibility it's about taking things seriously and uh, versus mandates stitt asked oklahomans to practice the three w's wash your hands watch your distance and wear a mask however he did not offer any new state or local policy suggestions that might help further slow the spread of the virus there's not if there's anything that, that somebody could do to snap their fingers to make the cases go down to uh, zero uh, we would do that all across the United States, um, but it comes down to personal responsibility, and I believe Oklahomans are doing a really good job of that. The governor was asked during the press conference when Oklahomans could expect to throw away their masks and return to normal, but he was hesitant to give an exact timeline. We're going to keep on this same message uh, to remind Oklahomans that it is serious, we have to take it serious, and, uh, and Oklahomans are, are doing a good job. But I, I don't think anybody can give you an answer except uh, uh, except uh, the Lord on when this is going to be out of our uh, out of our state. For more information on the governor's visit to campus, see my article covering the event at ocali.com, or grab a copy of this week's Ocali from a newsstand near you. Now let's head to the bars for a look at how local bar owners are adapting to COVID-19 safety regulations. Joining us now is Jennifer Maupin, assistant news editor for the Ocali. She's been following up with the bars in town this week after a recent emergency declaration by the city. Jennifer, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So, tell us what's new. Uh, first, I guess we should probably start for our listeners who aren't necessarily up to date with the, all of Stillwater's ordinances. Can you give us a rundown of the developments over the last month or so? So basically, two weeks ago, the city put out a new ordinance that said, you know, they have to have 50% capacity. There's no, like, people can't be standing and get served. Um, like, you have to be wearing a mask unless you're sitting down and eating. Um, and they also have started this 
new opportunity or option to have outdoor seating or outdoor areas. Um, but in order for that to happen, the business has to apply for a permit and get approved. Um, but those are the biggest changes that um, have been mandated recently. How many bars in town are taking advantage of this new outdoor seating policy? Right now, you know, after hearing from Mayor Joyce, he is only aware of three that have actually applied for the permit and put it into place. And those are um, the Union, Zanotti's, and Willie Saloon. And have you seen any of these setups personally? Um, yeah, actually the other day I just took a walk down the strip and um, it was earlier in the afternoon. So, you know, I felt a little bit more comfortable checking it out. Um, so I went to, I went into Willie's, you know, I, I was with a couple people and we actually were like, we thought that something, we're like, oh, it's got to be closed. <laughs> we were like, is there construction going? Like, what is this? And then we walked to the other side and we're like, oh no, this is, the entrance um but then we when we walked in we saw all the tables out in front of willie's and it made a little more sense um but i i do think to the uninformed eye it's a little shocking and i i wouldn't have known right away that that's what that was um but we walked up by the union and you know there's they don't have the outdoor seating as much it, it's more um to have a, a more spread out line um, so that's a little bit different for them, um, but I haven't been able to go see uh, Zanotti's setup yet. Okay. And we should point out that CDC guidelines, as well as uh, the governor in his COVID update yesterday, do suggest that, in general, outdoor gatherings are safer than indoor gatherings. Um, do you, whenever you were there, I'm curious, did you see any patrons taking advantage of these new outdoor seating areas? Um, you know, again, since I was there so early, there were like maybe five people inside. Um, so I didn't see anybody out there, but I talked to, um, I believe it was Drew Williamson, the owner of Zanotti's. He said that his customers are really excited about it and that they've been um, taking that opportunity a lot. I'm curious why you think more bars in town aren't taking advantage of this opportunity to expand outdoors. Yeah, um, from who I've talked to, I definitely think it's because of the fact that it's temporary. And, you know, even Mayor Joyce said that they're working to figure out a way to make it a little bit more temporary, or I'm sorry, a little bit more permanent. Um, and so I, I think a, a lot of bars aren't ready to invest in that yet. They don't see a large enough profit margin from that. Um, they don't see really the worth in that yet for just doing it for 90 days. Um, so I think that's why a lot of bars are holding off on that. Okay. So did you get the sense from the bar owners and people you've spoken to this week that if the city does pass an ordinance to make the outdoor expansion more permanent, uh, we might see more bars in town start to move into those spaces. I definitely think um, that there would be an increase. I did talk to Javier Cervantes and he said that um, he didn't really see it as a safer option as long as Washington Street is still open to vehicle traffic. Um, so I think that that's part of it as well. Some people, some of the owners don't want to 
have their patrons out next to the street, you know, having that many people out there, that that's just kind of ac asking for an accident. I mean, we haven't seen any specific problems yet, um, but I, I think that more businesses would definitely consider it. And Mr. Cervantes owns the Stonewall and College Bar, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Perfect. Jennifer, in your reporting of this story, was there anything else that came to your attention that you think might be particularly interesting to our listeners? Yes, I, I think it's interesting, you know, that that more businesses aren't choosing to at least test this out a little bit. Um, I would be interested to know how much the city helps with implementing that. Um, I know that people have to apply for a permit and um, because that area is technically, like the street is technically city property. Um, so I, I would be interested um, to know how much of an actual financial burden it would be to invest in these outdoor spaces. Um, and also the other thing that I found interesting, you know, is I was trying to reach out to Murphy's and that's what I've been hearing from everybody is they want Murphy's to open and, you know, their phone line when I called them said that it was disconnected and that that wasn't a valid number and like they've just been silent and so a lot of people are wondering you know when Murphy's gonna uh, open back up and so I thought that was particularly interesting that they had chosen to close this whole time during this um, and I would love to know more about um, their decision-making process. Well we will look for more reporting out of you perhaps that might answer some of those questions. For sure. That's all the time we're going to take of yours today, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Finally, here's the latest on the ongoing discussion between OSU administration and the student organization, OK State Stand United. We're joined now by Ashani Ray, who has been following the developments with OK State Stand United for the Ocali this week. Ashani, how are you doing today? Hi, um, I'm doing good. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for being here with us. Mm -hmm. So, could you tell us a little bit about what happened earlier this week uh, in regards with uh, OK State Stand United? Earlier this week, this week uh, on Monday evening, uh, the OK State Stand United organizers met with uh, President Hargis for the uh, it was, uh, according to Sean Talbert, who is one of the co-organizers, it was their first meeting with, uh, with President Hargis, where they actually sat, sat down and talked through the list of urgencies. And the meetings uh, concluded the ongoing conversation between the university officials and the organizers. Okay. And I do, I understand that this will be an ongoing conversation between the organizers and the university. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. So, Ishani, can you tell me a little bit about how this event was different than previous events that we've covered, uh, put together by OK State Stand United? So, Ishani, can you tell me a little bit about how this event was different than previous events that we've covered? Uh, put together by OK State Stand United? Most of the uh, previous events were um, included marches by the uh, student organizers and other uh, protesters. 
and the marches were um, conducted to garner the in university attention towards the issues the students were trying to raise where and they were mostly public events whereas this the previous meeting the very last meeting with president hargis was a more a uh, private meeting and it was the first time they actually sat down with the universe with the university administration and discussed the steps so uh, shani i understand that when the meeting concluded on monday president hargis's office issued a statement could you tell us a little bit about that uh, following the uh, meeting held on uh, held on monday evening president hargis released a statement in an um, in a mass email address to all the students highlighting his commitment to work with the uh, student organizers of okc stand united and other osu faculty alumni and students from marginalized groups to develop a detailed uh, uh, detailed diversity and inclusion plan that addresses all the points listed on the list of urgencies and along with that also outlines other specific timed and measurable goals to be implemented in the following years this diversity and inclusion plan will be will be finalized and published by the end of spring 2021 semester by the end of spring 2021 semester so the university has until then to work through the rest of the issues presented in the list of urgencies uh, according to their own deadline is that a correct interpretation of that that's the um yeah that's the way it'll happen okay so i understand that by even agreeing to to these talks and by committing to this this timeline to establish a, a detailed plan the university has essentially began the process of fulfilling two of the items on the list of Ashani, i believe that's all i had for you today is there anything that you think is important for our listeners to know or remember about this uh meeting before we let you go is an example of how if we stand up and fight and raise our voice we we can actually truly make changes though we want the changes we want to see in our society and community and institution so in a way i think it's a very big step towards racial equity in in a lot of spheres well shani i really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today and you can check out her article in this week's edition of the Okali or see it online at www.okali.com. Ashani, thanks again so much. Thank you. That's all we have time for this week, but we'll be back next Friday with more. If you'd like more information on one of the stories we've covered today, grab this week's edition of the Okali from one of our on-campus newsstands. For the latest news any day of the week, check out our website at www.okali.com. Thanks again to our reporters for joining us today. Thanks again to everyone who took the time to speak to the Okali this week. And thanks again to you for listening. We hope you'll join us again next Friday to get all caught up on Stillwater's News. <laughs>